We here at the Vacant House Podcast wanted to take a brief moment to announce our 2019 Coaching Suicide Award. This year's award goes to none other than the Cleveland Cavaliers' new head coach, John Beeline. After making it to the national championship game twice in six years with Michigan basketball, John has since decided to make a coaching move that has really cemented the end of his good coaching run. Congrats, John, on winning this award, and we wish you all the luck in the world winning 15 games the next five years. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Vacant House Podcast, where thoughts turn into banter. As always, I'm Kyle Bargo, and I'm joined by my partners in crime, Hayden Snook and Spike Saltzer. So this week, inspired by some recent events, we've decided to talk about arguably the best and greatest piece of human culture, and that is gambling. The act, the feeling, and the reward. It's pretty broad, and there's a lot of different ways to piss away your money, so we'll get into those and into our experiences in just a bit. But first, any updates on you guys' beautiful lives? Spike. So, Spike Salter is officially job hunting. So, for Ooh. any any perennial employers out there who would like to give me a shot and would like to give me, uh, I'd say, a base salary of 300000 a year, I'm your man. That's pretty realistic. I, I think so, too. Um, no, but seriously, yeah, I am job hunting. Um trying to lock down something probably the end of summer i would say after the entire wedding season is over um been looking here in state college but also been keeping my eyes out on some uh maybe some job opportunities down south nashville area like we were talking about uh last episode that's where i want to be at at some point in my life so yeah it's been interesting looking at all these um i know i've talked to you about this before bargo but it's i hate job hunting on the internet because the way that they word the jobs and the titles, they put like the big words out there. So it makes it seem like it's some sort of like really hard job that only, you know, the best of the best can do. But really, if you meet these people in person, it's probably some easy job, but they have to make it look really, really hard on the internet. It's super annoying because then when I read these, uh, like for instance, I saw one of them was like market, head marketing, marketing analyst with a couple other big words. And it was like, well, I'm not good at marketing. I'm not really an analyst, so why would I do that? When in reality, if I met with these people, I guarantee train me for a couple months, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hate, I hate job hunting on the internet. It sucks. Yeah, and I feel like every employer is always looking for the best and the greatest. So if you <clears> can hit, like, you don't have to check all the boxes. Like, if you're just going in, like, even entry level stuff for what I'm doing, they describe all these different technologies and languages you have to know. And if you can check, like two of those five boxes you'll get an interview and if you're a normal human being like i think i've discussed this on the podcast before where if you're not just a psycho lunatic like you have a pretty good like chance of getting hired after like a phone interview and and you're actually like screened to come in like i feel like obviously if you're going for like a a, a director or like some like really high up like sales job or it like all these different things like yeah there's a chance you won't get it but i still think the the point of most interviews is to make sure people aren't psychos yeah i kind of i and i know i said this too to you when we had this conversation off the air that it's it's hard to do um but i kind of wish that some of these jobs and maybe they do i kind of wish some of these jobs would like post just a brief video of really what you're doing so that i can see it because i'm more of a visual learner than i Mm -hmm. am an audio so if you would just kind of take like a two to three minute vi- video and just kind of show me what a day in the life would be at, you know, XYZ job, whatever it is, that would help me out a lot more than me just reading a bunch of words that don't even mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious. What kind of jobs are you looking for, Spike? So that's that's the problem. Um, people keep asking me what I want to do, and I, I just don't know. I, I, I know what interests me, but it doesn't mean I want to do it. You know, I, you know what I mean? So like sports interest me. What do you want to do with sports? I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's the problem is that the, the field that I'm in, the uh, major that I took in college is that it, it's broad in the sense that there are a lot of jobs out there. But as far as you knowing exactly what you want to do, it's kind of rare. So that's why, you know, sports 
resorts, hotels. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. But what 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 title do you want to have there? I, I have no idea. So it's it's almost like I have to kind of research what jobs are in these fields itself. Like what what are the names of the jobs? I know what I want to do. I just don't know what to really search for in, in the titles itself, if that makes any sense. If if I had any kind of recommendation, if you're looking to get into the sports realm, uh, I suggest looking into ticket sales jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to like get your foot in the door and get people to know your name within the organization, especially if you end up being at the top of the list every, every month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I suggest looking into that. Um, I, I don't really understand what your major was. <laughs> if, if you want to explain that. <laughs> so my major at Penn state was recreation parks and tourism management. And so kind of similar to how, if, if you say, you know, what was your major and someone says business, you know, business is a freaking broad, just a, a very broad major. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. That's what recreate uh, parks, tourism and, and recreation is. It's also very broad. So whatever, tourist or recreation thing that you can think of that's what my major is um a lot of people say park ranger that's that's also included now that's the outdoor kind of um recreation i'm more commercial recreation so um you know cruise lines resorts hotels restaurants sports all that stuff all kind of goes into it so i like to work and that's just me I, i i like to work um i like going to work so I'm one of those people who I also wouldn't mind having like a full-time job and then like a part-time job uh, being a bartender afterwards or stuff like that. So I've been looking into bartending school as well. That'd be really neat. I think that would be a good fit. And like, like Hayden said too, with like ticket sales and anything, like all that's like very social work, like sales. And, and I feel like that's where you thrive is like actually interacting with people and talking to people and being yeah, like a sure. good person, right? Yeah. So I'm confident that you'll find exactly I'm not, what you're looking for yeah i'm not too worried about it to be honest yeah. with you um i know it'll all work out it's just you know one last thing i gotta cross off and then mm-hmm. you know but it's whatever i'm i'm honestly just looking forward to having a good summer um lots of memories are to be had with all these weddings and everything so mm-hmm. i'm more just looking forward to that i'm not i'm not super worried about it but uh mm-hmm. hayden what's new with you buddy uh so this past weekend i got to shoot the engagement photos for two of my best friends um it went really well. I was super nervous beforehand. <laughs> I just, it, it's different whenever it's like random people that want pictures taken. And then it's like your best friend and you don't want to screw it up so bad that. You so go it's, home. it's, so it's actually more nerve wracking to do it for friends than it would be for someone who you've never met before. I think so. Like I, I did a small animal photo shoot for this guy. He like, messaged me on Instagram and he asked me to take some pictures for his dog or something. It was really random, but it was easy money. So that was Mm -hmm. nice, but it was, it wasn't as nerve wracking meeting a stranger knowing they've seen my work and they would, they would be interested in it rather than like a best friend who expects you to do the very best for them because they're, I guess Clay isn't Clay. My buddy Clay, who I shot for, isn't very particular, but I knew I wanted to do the best for him, so that it would not only look good on me, but also it would be a memory for him to keep forever. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing with like engagement and wedding photos is like if you mess those up, man, <laughs> people get really upset. <laughs> well, because you know, for like the wedding photos and the engagement photos. The pictures that they're looking for, because it's just like the standard engagement picture is the one picture where they're kind of not really looking into the camera. They're just kind of like either looking at each other or their eyes right. closed and one's kissing. So it's, it, I'm sure it'd be tough. I'm sure, I'm sure the pet one would be really tough though. Cause what happens if you have like a really just not good dog? Uh, it was like, look, you know he was I mean? a, he was a like trained dog, pretty oh, well okay. trained dog. So it was, it, what do they call those? Like helper dogs. Mm. Oh, oh um, I forget what they call them. Oh, yeah, what, I forgot uh, what it's called. Tommy's getting one yeah. here soon. Yeah, a support animal or yeah, something. Yeah, support animal. Support dog, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's just, really bad that we can't think of that. 
Yeah, that was <laughs> that was really dumb. Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> Especially because we've been around those kinds of animals our whole lives. But yeah, I feel like, uh, that, but yeah, I feel like that'd th- be really tough for sure to take those take those pictures. Yeah. I I got a couple of those pictures like that where they it's like the candid moment and that's what you want. Like a bunch of those pictures were the candid moment. And I have one where they're holding a dandelion and clay is just blowing into the dandelion and she's just laughing at him being a goofball. And that's <laughs> like, it's, it, it, those make for good pictures. So it was, it was fun. It was definitely probably the most fun I've had taking pictures for sure. Just because seeing them being so in love, they've been together for 10 years and you could really tell that Jeez. they just have great chemistry, you know, mm-hmm. that's a years. long time. Yeah. 10 years. Wow. They started dating seventh or eighth grade. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. And they're just, they're just smitten for each other and it's, it's pretty amazing. And I was happy I got to capture that. And for those of you that haven't seen Hayden's pictures, they are really good. So yeah, we're going to throw, good. we're going to throw a link in this video to Hayden's Instagram for those pictures. But also Hayden, if you could take my pictures, I would love to commission some out of you for me and Brittany. That'd be dope. Oh. My man, I would love to do your engagement pictures, you and Brittany, because I think Brittany trusts me too. Yeah, well, she was actually just talking about that the other day. She was like, do you think we should get Hayden to do our pictures? I was like, yeah, that'd be good. And she's like, good, because I I didn't want to say like, yes, but I I want to. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not going to – I'm not even going to like overcharge you because I – there was this girl that on my sales route today, she had a wedding, Mm -hmm. and in her wedding, she paid her photographer like five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the for the wedding photography, which doesn't seem completely outrageous. But then you look at the photos you took, and it's yeah. like you paid five hundred dollars. Okay, well, well, let me let me make you feel even worse. So, Brittany did a wedding. She's done two weddings now, and, yeah. she's and Brittany's a to great this, photographer, right? And she's gonna be mad at me if I say this because she's gonna listen to it. But she did a wedding. Uh, she's done two or three weddings total. The one wedding she did that was completely independent and it was just her, it was like $1,000 or $1,200 or something for her. And at that point, I was like, oh, wow, that's really good money. And then I started talking to people that are getting married and like the industry standard, like we're about to pay a photographer 2200 for oh, pictures for a wedding. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, and that's not just like, a, oh, wow, you're getting overcharged or like this person must be a great photographer. That's how they all are. And that's, Brittany was happy with that price because the other two we were looking at were like 2800 and 2600 but the 2900 was two photographers. But yeah, like it gets outrageous. And I keep telling her, like, you can do a nice side hustle. Like if you're, and you too, Hayden, like if, if that's something that interests you, that's that's a really good thing to get into. Like, yeah, you, yeah. it's your Saturdays, like every Saturday, like during the summer, like you might be gone, but... I was saying, like, Brittany, if you charge $1,600, $1,700, that's a She's lot gonna, less than and any people other people are going to see her good photos exactly. and be like, wow, that's a steal. Exactly. And that's that's honestly, like, because if you charge, like, I think if you charge, like, four or 500 bucks, someone would be like, oh, wow, that that's a lot lower than all the other ones. Like, that's either a bargain, but they're also, like, suspicious of it. They're like, hmm, yeah. I wonder why Might not someone's be very charging. Good. Yeah. So and that then, makes then sense that they weren't, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Now that you say that, it makes sense that maybe it wasn't as – maybe he didn't understand the industry too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, but like she said, it's a, a quite the production. Like there's a reason – like she doesn't charge as much because she said like the ideal wedding photographer is like coordinating and making sure they're capturing like every like nitty-gritty thing. And I get that, but I think you and her should talk because I feel like you two would be a really good tag team. and You guys could make some awesome money off of that. Right. Like, I, right. I, think that I, I know that's what she she said to me about uh, um, being her like second photographer, like mm-hmm. whenever she does weddings and stuff. And I would be so down, yeah, because I'd be. Great for I think that'd just be fun to like go and mm-hmm. one just go hang out with Brittany and, and mm-hmm. work together. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But and, uh, here, let me show you. I'm gonna send you an example of one of these pictures. Okay, is it that Bob? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's something I will say too is that um, the 
like the pictures themselves like at weddings like she spends a lot of time editing and like you might think like oh well $1,200 that's still pretty good but the amount of time that she did like editing and she did the videography for that too so like the amount of time she did videography too Mm mm-hmm yeah man wow so i think they did, they just did the videography of the ceremony and then some other stuff but she did it all at once and yeah that's why like a, a team would be like solid and i know the people up in pittsburgh one of the one of the guys we were going to rent off of which found out he's a complete douchebag so there's a reason we didn't rent off of him and i can tell you guys that story at some point too but um he does weddings and he does videography photography like the whole nine yards he actually does uh, Adobe After Effects, like stuff for the Pirates games, the Pens games, like all the stuff that goes on the boards. And uh-huh. he makes like buku bucks, but he charges like five, six grand for his weddings. And like oh, it, it, it's drone stuff. Like he'll he'll have someone that flies a drone around and does like the overhead shots. Yeah, he'll you gotta think he's got to pay his team too and all that. Yeah, but still, like that seems like a ridiculous sum of money for right. that. Kind I just want to hear you guys' reactions. I posted some in the chat of the Discord here. These are the okay. pictures? Yes, these are the pictures <laughs> they paid $500 for. Oh, I like gosh. the tractor. I like the tractor. Wow. Yeah, they're they're not they're not very good. <laughs> I, I love, love the, the uh, I love the watermark at the bottom how it's the black bar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yikes. Yeah, I I mean, the person who my customer, she's a very nice woman, but mm. it's just I was like, wow, $500 for that? Mm. I'd do that. Yeah, at least someone's capturing the moment because I feel like a lot of the times it's tough because you feel like everyone you know, like you're a good photographer, Brittany's a good photographer, her cousin's a good photographer, but none of you, you guys can't take pictures at our wedding, you know? Right. It's a, it's, it's the wedding. Like you're invited, you're going to be in the wedding kind of deal. Right. So it's uh, it's tough finding someone right. else and paying out the out the butt for it. But yeah, so that that's interesting. Uh, I go with you, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I worked the Special Olympics at Baldwin High School. It was Allegheny County Special Olympics this weekend. And I will say, I barely got up. I, I worked them last year at Juniata, and they always start really early. Like, the schedules of, like, Special Olympian athletes and, like, their families, like, they get up so early in the morning. And I almost didn't go, and I'm glad I went because if you guys have ever been to those kind of events – it yeah. just puts a smile on your face and it's not just like seeing the athletes perform it's the fact the entire culture like everyone's supporting uh you could have four people um my guy uh his uh, his name was Adam and he did the 100 he did the 100 meter and the 200 meter and shot put first off this guy he's like 35 he threw a shot put farther than I'll ever throw a shot put He's absolutely insane at shot put, and he was real humble about it. And then we went to go do the 100 meter, and there were two of his, like, they all have, like, their teams. So, like, they were from Lawrenceville, which is, um, it's a little bit north of of Pittsburgh, uh, but still, like, semi in the city. And there were other teams from, like, different parts, like, surrounding Pittsburgh. But two of the people, there were four people that ran the 400, and two of the people he was running against were his teammates. And whenever, whenever they all found out they were running against each other, Adam was like, oh, man, we train together all the time. We're always real close. It's going to be quite the race. And and they raced, and it was really close. And after the game, they're hugging each other, and they're on the podium. And it, it was an awesome, awesome experience. So I highly suggest going to these kind of things, working these kind of things, like just just to feel good. And it really puts life into perspective, like anything that you worry about or like stupid things like on Saturday, uh, one of my – one of my roommate's friends that was up tried we were getting into a fight with someone at, at get go right down where we were at and and it just kind of like hit me i was like i was just with i was just at the special olympics and everyone's all happy and here two people are drunk and they look at each other wrong and they try to fight you know yeah like it's just a great perspective to have and it's one of those things that you're not always going to feel that way so it's like you need like a dose of it every once in a while to really make you like wow this is life I'm I'm proud and happy like what I have, like get, just gotta appreciate everything. So I um cool to go to. I used to go to uh, my cousin's sports jamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in she's in wheelchair has been all her life, and I used to go there um every year when when she was younger, and it was just so cool 
to see they were all just so happy for each other. You know, you look, you look at sports today and everyone's competing and everyone just kind of like hates on each other. And, you know, one, one of them would do whatever it was, whether it's, you know, horse, uh, horseshoe throwing or Frisbee throwing or whatever it was Mm -hmm. after they were done, they would go right back and cheer everybody else on. And it was just so, it was such a humbling experience to, you know, see all of them smile at each other and just be the best of friends every single year. Like it, so I agree with you the, going to those type of things and, and definitely helping out mm. and just seeing the smiles on their face and how happy they are and everything like that. It, it is, it's truly awesome. It's truly an awesome experience for sure. So diving into our actual topic for today, before we dive into it, uh, just a friendly reminder that if you like what you hear today or what you've listened to in the past and you haven't yet subscribed, we'd appreciate it. If you hit us up on one of our podcast platforms, Leave a review if you like. We're really pushing uh, reviews on Apple on the uh, on the iTunes Store. Um, we're also on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and our podcast provider Spreaker. And of course, if you have any ideas for future content topics, or if you want to ask us questions to be featured in our mailbag segments, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Vacant House PC. That is at Vacant House PC. So gambling, I don't know how much you guys have have done gambling. I didn't really start gambling until the past like year, year and a half, and I wouldn't consider myself a gambler because I don't. I'm not like gambling my life away kind of thing. But I'm kind of interested in what gambling means to you guys. If you've, I'm sure we've all done it, but at at what degree? So I guess we'll start with you, Spike. So gambling to me and it doesn't have to be money obviously gambling mm-hmm. can be really you know any risky thing that you're doing for a reward kind of but for gambling for me i haven't done a ton of it um i remember <laughs> i remember buying a bunch of uh lottery tickets when i was younger probably like 14 or 15 at the local minute mart the belleville minute mart uh go there great pizzas <laughs> great shout chicken, out to jen chicken nuggets shout yeah shout out to jen who works the uh the night shifts you you made some <laughs> good food for all of us thank you um <laughs> No, I mean I've I've bought lot I've I've bought lottery tickets. Um, I will say that even somebody who says that they don't like to gamble and they don't gamble, when you win that first time, you can't tell me that you just don't want to put all that money right back into it. You're hooked. You're hooked. Yep. I mean, right? It just takes one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I don't do it much because I know myself. I know that if I were to win, I would say anywhere, you know, twenty five and over. I'm going to keep playing and I'm not, and I'm not going to take that 25. I'm not going to pocket it and I'm going to lose all my money. That's just the type of person that I am. Um, I don't do a lot of sports betting. Um, I mean, I pay attention to all the over unders. I pay attention to the spreads. I pay attention to who Vegas is, you know, pulling for and who Vegas is, um, has winning and all that. But as far as the actual act of gambling, I don't do it too much. Hayden. Very nice spike. Uh, I would say that, I have done my share of gambling, whether it was lottery tickets, uh, online casinos, or sports betting. Bargo, you and I took a dumb bet of having <laughs> the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight. Oh boy! Very whether dumb. or not they oh shake, they would shake hands at the beginning, and we put some money down on that <laughs> because that would have been a big reward if they would have actually yeah. touched gloves. That might have been the dumbest thing I ever bet on, and, yeah. and that was straight like momentum, like. We, that, we were both the, we were both like oh they've got to touch gloves there's mm-hmm. absolutely no way they don't touch gloves <laughs> yeah and, and that's that's one of the things that really screws you over in gambling is you don't want to feel left out so like whenever you i don't know how, even know how we started talking about it but um i told you about bavada and how there was like the referral disc or bonus and you got in and you were looking at some of the lines and like because you can just bet like who's gonna win what you can bet the spread you can bet uh money line which is essentially like who's going to win. Uh, you can bet over-unders. You can do parlays for multiple teams. You can do a, a wide variety of things, but they also have like weird, they have futures, but they also have like really weird like side bets. So like one of them uh, recently was what team will Gronk be on next season? And obviously the, the favorite was he's going to retire, but if he is, you could take a bet that's like plus 1600 that Gronk's going to be a Patriot next year, even though he already retired. And if you put $10 down, you win 160 So that's appealing to some people. Uh, the Khabib bet was, will McGregor and Khabib touch gloves? And Hayden, didn't you say, uh, was it the Jose Aldo fight? That there was a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of tension between Connor and Aldo, but they right, still t- right. touch gloves, right? Right. So Aldo, Aldo and McGregor the whole way up to like Aldo, Aldo didn't even speak English, but the whole time they're both very much intense. And you know, McGregor did the typical talk shit, you kind of thing like he did with Khabib the whole time, mm. and Aldo is a similar to. Khabib in mentality wise with like respecting people and respecting other fighter fighters. Yeah. Fighters, <laughs> other fighters. Um, and I totally expected, I was like, okay, Khabib is at least going to reach his hands out to get a glove touch, like as a sign of respect. But apparently Khabib's hatred for McGregor was a lot deeper than what I thought it was. And I wish there would have been a running bet of will Khabib jump over the cage after the, the, <laughs> Because I would have taken that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's people that make good money solely off of making small, stupid bets like that. And, like, again, stupid is you can't say, like, a bet's a great bet or a bad bet because those kind of bets are the ones that pay out. And if you put $100 on a 1,000 odds bet, like, you're making good money. So, but what they do do sometimes is they definitely uh, dive into, they definitely dive into, like, that kind of market and they're looking for people that just want great odds. So I know I was at the, uh, I was looking at the masters mm-hmm. and uh, it was Kuepka. I bet $20 on Kuepka like plus 600 or something, which at that point it was whole 16 and tiger was up by two, I think. Yeah. So I was like, I, I was yeah. like I'll, t- I'll take those odds. And then like, obviously tiger came out and, and pulled away with it, but I think Kuepka missed a putt on the 17th or the 18th. And then if you remember tiger on the 18th missed, missed a putt, but he also would have played that hole entirely differently. If Koepka wouldn't have missed that putt. You yeah. Know what when, I mean? when, uh, when Koepka missed what it was, I think it was 16 or, um, he missed and it, it was mm-hmm. the, the tiger. Um, I don't even know what the word, the tiger effect mm-hmm. was there. Like everybody knew tiger was going to win. So that, yeah. So then the last hole tiger was just like, listen, I can two putt this and still win. So he wasn't yep. super aggressive. But uh, speaking of golf, though, did you see Tiger's actually favored to win the PGA this coming this coming uh, weekend, which is like the the fourth most important major, but still a major in golf. Hmm. So it's amazing. I know that we're not talking about gambling right now, but it's amazing. Hmm. Just real quick, it's amazing how fast everything changes. Like two years ago, people were wondering if Tiger Woods was ever going to win a major ever again. He wins the Masters, and now all of a sudden he's the favor. He's favored to win the the next one about a month later. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, At it's like forty this big whatever years. Effect. Yeah, yeah, forty two or whatever. However old he is. Mm-hmm. And that's how stocks are too. I mean, that that's a type of of gambling. That's not something I didn't think of as gambling at first. But the way I kind of define gambling is anything. And and I'll I'll stick to money because like you can gamble your life away. You can say you know what, screw this, screw the wife and the kids, I'm going to go run away. And, and that's gambling your life. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the same thing. But just sticking to like a money definition, like you can throw money into anything and it's considered gambling. It's just yeah. how strong, how volatile is it? Um, if you throw $100 into Apple stock, in theory over the next year or so, like it might go up, it might go down, but you're not going to lose that full hundred dollars where sports betting, certain casino games, lottery tickets, it's all or nothing. You go into the Belleville Minute Mart and get a $50 scratch off. And if you don't win anything, yeah, you have the the mail-ins in the back or any or that kind of thing, but that that's your $50 and it's gone. So the stock market in theory is less than that, but recently with all the stuff going on with with Trump and with China, um the fact that Trump hit China with a 25% tariff and Hayden, you said today that China, yeah, China. fired back with their own like 20, 25% tariff on us imports. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it, I personally believe that things are going to work out and this is just a scare and the news is just going to blow it up because they don't like Trump. And that's just my political opinion. And sure, it might not be the best strategy for Trump to just say, fine, then China, we're going to throw tariffs at you. But in the end, if it ends up coming to a, a better deal for both countries, it it will end up being beneficial, you know? Mm-hmm. 
even if we, they take a slight loss or I guess a big loss, how many points did the Dow drop? 700? Uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, back down to December in which December was a really, that was the worst month in yeah. like two or three years, I think. Yeah. So if, even if, even if we have this loss right now, if it ends up being beneficial and both of our economy economies improve, then the market might skyrocket again. You know, mm. it's, it just all depends. It's a whole political game. And honestly, I, I don't even really know how it works. And it's kind of like, it's almost like being on a teeter totter and someone's going to be at the bottom. Someone's going to be at the top and you got to meet in the middle somewhere if you want to get off of it. So mm-hmm. that's fair. But yeah, just, just looking at like my individual portfolio, I started throwing in money just, just for shits and giggles three or four months ago. And I was doing really good on a lot of my stocks um, if you're betting individual stocks, then there's obviously more risk there. And I was hitting to the point where I think I was up at the, at the highest, like 18%, which if you just let your money sit in a bank account with no interest, you're losing money to inflation every year. If you have it in a savings account or like a, a bond or something that's that's low risk, uh, low interest, like you're, you're either barely beating it or you're not beating it. So it's nice to throw it at the very least into ETFs or or something if you don't absolutely need it right now. And that, that's kind of what I did with some of my stuff. And I was doing really well because the market was doing really well. But uh, I was talking to you guys on, on Thursday with Brock's bachelor party. Um, Yeti, which is one of the stocks I own, took a huge hit. And I, I found it afterwards. Um, I think part of that is because a lot of their coolers are made in the USA. But about, I think it's a quarter of their products or a third of their products are made in China. So they had to like kind of reinvent how they would do everything for that specific line of products. And I think that like the tariff talk hit them harder than, than maybe another company or like a tech company that really isn't importing anything. Right. So there was a response there. Uh, I just bought into Uber and that has not gone well either. The fact that Uber uh, had their IPO on the day that the tariffs hit China probably didn't help, but yeah. When when the S&P and uh, S&P 500 ETFs are going down like 2-3% a day, it's, it's not good for the U.S. economy. And it right. makes you wonder, like my boss and a few other people in our office got out of all of their like short stances. They, they just sold everything off because they don't see it getting any better anytime soon. And even if it does get better in like a week or so, um, you kind of get like the trend of where the market's going up. To where you could you could sell now if you assume it's going to go down at least for a few more days you can buy back into it when it starts to tick back up but obviously there's no guarantee in any of this which is why it's gambling so I don't want to talk too much more about the stock market because I know it's it's kind of it's its own beast and I would love yeah. to have some sort of episode on investing in general because I feel like that's kind of a loose term like gambling to where what exactly is investing well you can invest in people you can invest in in a certain product, you can invest in video games and have stacks of them fall on you accidentally. Um. Yeah. I just wanted to say uh, something I'm worried about working in the paper product and like plastic mm-hmm. industry. A lot of plastic and, and paper products are made over seas in China. And I'm super worried right now that it's going to end up in a price hike. And a lot of my customers are going to be like, yeah, right. We're not paying mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah. And and even if and even if every other company has to raise their prices too, that still means that other customers are gonna be the customers are gonna suffer business wise because they're gonna have to pay more for the product and then they're gonna have to raise their prices. So mm. it's just you know <laughs> just lateral effect. Yeah. No I'm that, sorry. <laughs> I hate my dogs. <laughs> that that is fair. And it's one of those things like it's all, it's mostly restaurants, right? So you would think like, even if it does hike up, you obviously don't want to see that happen because you don't want your customers to like feel the effect of that. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's still security in there. Like, I feel like that's why like the paper industries, like people joke, like with the office and everything, like papers, a dying, a dying thing, but you're never not going to have like paper and plastic products at a restaurant, especially like a a low end. Home, the home big thing is the paper, the pa- like you said, people say that the paper industry is dying kind of thing, but 
recyclables or like recyclable paper is growing and recyclable mm-hmm. products and that just jumps right into the paper industry then so it's it all balances out honestly mm-hmm. yeah so back to sports betting there's been this uh one of my coworkers actually suggested this docu series and you guys know me well enough i rarely watch movies rarely watch tv but i watch a lot of documentaries cuz i find it fascinating I just like learning about new things that I never had any clue about. So, like, uh, there's this one series I highly recommend on Netflix called Dirty Money that talks about, like, money scandals in, in U.S. history and, and the effects of them. And a lot of them are uh, have, obviously, these, these longer-lasting effects, but a lot of these people are in prison, and you get their perspective, and you get people's perspective from the outside. And, uh, like, Valiant was this big drug company that was hiking up the end. They were buying these companies that owned a drug, the exclusive rights to a drug, and they were hiking these up, and you're able to hear the people that their monthly expense for this drug that keeps them alive was up like four or 500% to where they couldn't afford it anymore, or they were building the insurances. So things like that really fascinate me. And she got me hooked on this uh, docuseries on HBO called Action, where it's this four-part series. I've only listened to two, but it's on sports betting, the psychology behind sports betting, what exactly is sports betting, and you follow a bunch of different like casino, like big books. Uh, you follow a few bookies that obviously stay anonymous because being a bookie is completely illegal. Um, you're following people that uh, might be on a talk show, a podcast, a like a, a social media account saying, "Hey, this picks the best." You're paying for their advice. You're paying particularly for their picks. Um, it just follows like a lot of this industry and how it's popped since May of 2018 when it got legalized. So, or at least when, uh, the U S allowed it to be legalized across the nation. And then states are slowly trickling into allowing that, uh, following New Jersey. What's the big casino in New Jersey? Uh, there's a beach there, Atlantic city. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely really good. I would highly recommend it. And it's really good just to kind of get your feet wet into sports betting if you haven't done it before. But it is really, I don't want to say it's really sad, but there's people, I think the reason, and this is my own my own thought, the reason that people gamble is because they see the high payoff. And if you get burned so many times, there's one of two things you can do. If you keep scratching a lottery ticket going to the casino, putting a hundred on black and you keep losing, you're either saying, screw this, I'm not going to do it, which is a rare, rare occurrence. Or you're saying, I need to get that money back because the casino took my money or the lottery tickets took my money. Or I think, uh, it's my time. I, I have to get a payout here soon. So those two thoughts are completely different. To the like to the point where there's a reason they have like the gambling addiction hotline like it can become like this dark evil beast but there are people that have worked with it and analyzed it so well that obviously it's not a guarantee but if you can manipulate the different sports books if you can go on like an online site or a bookie and you can beat them to a specific bet or you have a better odds than than is speculated so for example with Kevin Durant being hurt when news broke with that, I'm sure that line moved because people didn't expect like, or that the spread moved. So let's say it was golden state minus three because they were supposed to win by three. I'm sure that line shifted down because without KD, who's one of their best players, yeah. um, they weren't expected to score as many points. There were people I'm sure that right when that news broke, they ran to the casino or they hopped online or they called their bookie and said, Hey, this line you have, this is the one I want this because they're speculating that they can beat, beat the book kind of deal and yeah. there are people that do it really well they're multi-million dollar sports bettors they are multi-million dollar stock shorters day traders it, it's so interesting seeing like the good side like the, the winners of the batch but at the end of the day those people yeah they're spending a lot of time on it but joe schmo can go and and sit on his laptop all day and look at the numbers for Bowling State to play ASU or something. And they yeah. can say there's no way that Bowling State's going to win this. They're favored. I'm putting 55 grand on on ASU or something. 
they can still lose that bet. And that's what's so interesting about it. And I think that's kind of what hooks me, not in the way that I need to do it or, or like deeply feel that I have to do it, but it's just so intriguing. And it gives you something else to to kind of play for. Like if, if your team's not doing well, if the Pirates aren't playing well, this team becomes your team or this is the team that's hot for you when you bet. It's like super, super cool. There's a real quick, this has nothing to do with sports betting, but what you were saying about why people do it, and it's for the high payoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't name any names, but someone from back where I live, his cousin won the, the million dollar prize. I don't know what lottery ticket it was, but mm. he won the million dollar prize. Obviously, it's not a million after all the taxes and everything, but let's right. say, let's say just to be safe, it was, you know, 750 or above. So three quarter of a million or above a little bit. He is now convinced, and he's been doing this for years, every single night, he will take $300 to the local, wherever you can get your lottery tickets from, and he will spend $300. He will go in there. He will go as far as he will try and find out, you know, who bought what that day, um, what hasn't been bought a lot, what has been bought a lot, what hasn't. So if if a lot has been bought, but it hasn't won yet, obviously, there's a better chance. So he'll buy Mm -hmm. that one for a long time. And he's convinced that if he plays it long enough, he will be just like his cousin. But you have to think, first of all, how long is it going to take for that to happen? And second of all, if it doesn't happen, how much money are you in the hole? Yep. And I just, I don't know how that isn't, I don't know how that isn't kind of like a mental sickness. It it most definitely is. The belief that you're going to, you're going to win this when it's been proven that other other just like unlikely things are more bound to happen than you winning that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me let me give you two scenarios. So scenario A, Hayden's never bought a lottery ticket before. He walks into Belleville Minute Mart and he gets a $10 ticket and he scratches yeah. it and he wins $500. Mm-hmm. That first scenario, even though he won his $500, I'll give him credit that, and this is anyone, like I would be willing to bet that Hayden puts more money into lottery tickets to where he doesn't net 495 like cuz the smart thing to do is when you win you keep it yep and, and, you, and you, it. you get you pocket that money right scenario 2 is Hayden goes in buys a $10 ticket as his first ticket ever and doesn't win anything and then he just stops buying tickets yep. so it's tough because when you win and this is the same with everything when when you're up really high on a stock you're you almost want to keep coasting with that stock because if you sell that stock off at $24 and the next day it's at 29 and you could have got an additional 5 600 bucks but you you sold it early cuz you wanted to be safe yeah you could you could have had that whole profit you want to know what it's really similar to it's really similar to that like Walmart or like arcade game like that claw that you can do Mm-hmm. Where it's yep. it's kind of it's pretty much rigged. Like yeah, it, they they, it, it, they yeah. rig it, but that one time, that one time out of twenty that you get it, or that two times in a row that you get it, you're like, you know what? I'm the best at this. And then you mm-hmm. drop, you know, you drop forty quarters in it. And obviously mm-hmm. that's a, it's a very low scale example, but it's 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 the same way in all major betting, all major gambling. It's a, it's the same thing. The odds. I mean, uh, casinos will say slot machines. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everything's the same thing where you're you're not supposed to win, but they, but they keep it at a level that every once in a while you, you will win and it, and it keeps you kind of, it keeps you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm Mm -hmm. getting at? Yeah, no. And I, I think that is a fantastic example because the claw machine, you can be good at a claw machine. You can be the best person at a claw machine and they do set to pay out. So like, when I was younger, I watched a lot of videos on claw machines. Yeah. <laughs> just, it was just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Like you get caught down the YouTube rabbit hole and you learn yeah. like, I want to be really good at this. I want to be really good at that. Remember the game where like you're stacking the cubes go left and right. And if you stack it the whole way to the top, you get like an iPod or something. Yeah. So they had those all the time. Um, they had those at like uh, Disney World. I remember mm-hmm. they had those. They had everywhere. them at like Del Grosso's. They had them at Hershey Park. Yep. And all those, like even the, the arcade, uh, you go into an arcade and it's the thing that just spins around in a circle. It's the dots yep. and you press it to stop. Yep. You could press it perfect every time. And if it's, it's not, not set it. to pay out, it's it's going to bump over. Yep. And yeah, you can still get the 12 tickets every time, but you're not going to get the 500 
because, every once in a while you right. have to have a winner so that you can't mm -hmm. say that it's it's never going to win. Exactly. And for claw machines, I know for a fact how they work is whenever Walmart gets a claw machine, it's on like default settings to where you always win. They they configure it and they say, okay, how many times do we want this to pay out? So yeah. they'll do like a one in <clears> 10. So it'll be nine times. The claw will go down, it'll close, and then it'll open a little bit, and then it's like, oh, I was really close, I almost got my prize, and it'll keep doing that, and then the one time that it pays out, it'll grab it, but there's still that shot that you don't win, So, and yeah. that's really what they feed off of, because for them, like, yeah, in theory, you could have someone that goes in there and, and gets 15 prizes in a row, and maybe you're down $5, but nine times out of 10, the people that are going to come in are going to try it once or twice, and they're not going to be good at it because they're not doing it all day. And then you're making your money off those people. Same with the sports books. They're not making their money off someone that comes in every day and is analyzing things. They're making their money off of some random guy that just got a raise. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go throw a thousand on black. And even if he hits black and he gets $2,000, he's not going to more than likely, he's not going to walk out of there with $2,000. No. He might walk out of there with 500. He might throw half of the winnings on black and then win and then throw those winnings on red and then lose. And he still might walk out with 250. But more people lose than they win just because when, when you win, you want to keep betting. You want to keep like running your odds. And when you lose, you're either digging yourself deeper in a hole or you're getting back up to nothing and you're leaving. So yeah. those places make a ridiculous amount of money. And it's kind oh, of gross. It but, is. But what's nice about because they're casino, playing off of they're playing off of human emotion. They're playing absolutely. off of they're playing off the fact that they know people are stupid. Mm hmm. You know and what I mean? know people want more. And yes. that's that's basic psychology to where you can relate that to anything. You can relate that to opening cards. Like Hayden, you were really into <clears> baseball <throat> cards. You can you can relate that like, oh, I, I can get this pack at Walmart or this this box at Walmart that gives me one jersey card. What if that jersey card's an Aaron Judge and it sells for fifty bucks and only pay twenty bucks for the box? Mm -hmm. Or that jersey card can be some guy who hasn't played in the MLB for four years and he was a, a pirate's Altoona curve second baseman, you know, like, yeah, it's everything's betting and gambling in some capacity. And it's just so, that, that like thirst for it. <laughs> in interestingly enough about that, uh, you know who Gary V is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Gary V actually came out with an article like a, a couple weeks ago stating that baseball cards are actually going to be like the next big thing with uh, this upcoming generation. And like trading cards and stuff like that. I don't know why. I don't know why he feels that way, but he said that. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Like now that you brought up that topic of like that that thrill, you have that thrill mm -hmm. of like, oh, you get a pack and it feels a little bit bigger than mm -hmm. than the other ones, and you're like, oh man, this could be the one. This could yep. be the barrel card that yep. has a baseball bar barrel, and then you get it, and it's like a jersey patch of, of like some minor leaguer. <laughs> or or it's one of those like the thick top loaders, like yeah. one of those just thick white cards, the stock cards. It's nothing, right? right. It's annoying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, yeah, good. Uh, just another interesting fact about like gambling. So gambling addiction is super real, and and it apparently it only like affects two to three percent of Americans. Which, but if you think about that, that's still like seven million people that are addicted to gambling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's so much money just being thrown at these casinos, at at the lottery, and I, and they say in Pennsylvania that the lottery is supposed to go to the roads, right, and to reconstructing. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, dot saves lives. Instead, so. instead they pay Spike fifteen dollars an hour to flip a sign back and forth. I saved millions <laughs> of lives doing that. They pay you like $15 an hour lives. to sit in the shed when it rains. <laughs> hey, what are you supposed to do when the roads are wet? <laughs> Work on the skies. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but it is, it is sad though, that like the most dangerous thing that you can do with gambling, lottery tickets, whatever it may be, the most dangerous thing you can do is win. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if, you just, if you just keep losing, eventually people, unless they're insane because insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result. Yep. The most dangerous thing you can do is win. And that's sad, but they play, they play off of it and it's perfect and it's smart. Mm -hmm. No, what I will say for casinos, the, the good part about legalized gambling, like sports betting is the fact that you can't walk into a sports book and say, Hey, I don't have any money. I'm down 10 grand for you guys. 
can I have a ten thousand dollar loan? I'm gonna win my money back. You can't do that. No. Whereas, like with bookies, that's kind of like where you get like the mafia kind of thing, where it's like, oh, I, I don't have any money. I, this, I lost everything. Like you still have that with gambling, but it's better when it's legalized because it, it's just better if everything's out in public because no one's gonna offer you if you if you try to justify the fact that you're you're spending ten thousand dollars to go try to double it on on a 10% odds chance or something like no one's going to do that. Uh, there's a guy named Vegas Dave. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Vegas Dave, but Vegas Dave went on this absolutely insane run to where, uh, when Ronda Rousey fought, who was the girl that fought Ronda Rousey that beat Ronda Rousey and kind of Holly, Holly Holm? Holly Holm. Holly Holm. So he put money on Holly Holm when Ronda Rousey was the favorite. He put like 30, 40 K on that. And obviously, it wasn't like a, he came out of nowhere kind of deal. He's been doing it for a while, and he's lost a lot of money. But he won a ton of money on the Holly Holm fight. Then the next fight, the girl that beat Holly Holm, he bet on her. And then he put a futures bet on the Kansas City Royals. Uh, I feel like you guys had to have seen that on Twitter or something. Or maybe there's like a small like thought of that. But he put, I think it was eighty dollars or $100,000 on the Royals at the beginning of the season when they really weren't projected to do that well i don't even think they were projected to win their division like the year they won the world series and the payout on that was like 65 to 1 yeah so he made a ridiculous sum of money and it kind of shows he it's kind of like this really surreal moment in the series because he does like an instagram story a facebook story and he says hey as always uh if you want my if you want to be subscribed to my picks we have the best college football game pick of the year so far I'm 100% confident on this one. If you want just that pick, it's 499 or if you want it's 5000 per month for all of my picks. And he showed his it was it was through his bank. I don't know what bank it was. It wasn't through like PayPal. But he made in that moment like 900k from people buying that single bet because people think, okay, if this guy who has all these wins and is has this great resume for sports betting, if he uh is charging me $500 for this pick, and I pay him that money. He gives it to me. I put a hundred grand on it. That's totally worth that five hundred dollars because I'm gonna win. Now, of course, you might not always win. And when you don't win, you blame him. And what's he do? Oh, sorry, you you took my you took my bet. Like he's not the one liable for it. But yeah. he'll continuously have people comment. And he has this. He, he's still absolutely ridiculously huge. And he says that. He has like a 75, 80 winning, 80% winning percentage on bets and anything over 50 is good because you're, if you're expecting to double your money, that's not going to happen. Realistically, you're going to go up like 10% if you're on a good run. Cause that, that kind of thing just can't be, you can't be like super consistent with that kind of thing. But those kind of people absolutely blow my mind because, oh, sorry. The surreal moment that I was talking about was after that the producer of the show or the guy filming it said, how many of the people um, that bought that do you think are degenerates? Like people that literally have nothing. This is like all their money they have. And he said, Oh, well easily like 20, 30% of them, like this is their last $500. And if, if I lose this bet, he's like, I feel responsible for it because now they have no money and now they're on the streets. Yeah. And that that's super tough. Like imagine doing that. Like obviously he's not liable like financially at the end of the day for that, but knowing that, yeah, that pro- that person if you didn't give them that advice would have bought someone else's advice and would have done the exact same thing. But yeah, you get, the fact you gotta that think, it's on I'm you, then <laughs> you're good. You got to think that like people do that every day with lottery tickets too. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, Powerball especially. I, I've seen, I've seen people. I've been in with customers at at express shops and gas stations. And people will come in there and be like, this is my last $20 in my wallet. Mm-hmm. Here, here, lottery ticket, you know? It's like you could you could use that $5 a day for the next four days until your payday, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to get meals or get or pay for food or do something with it other, aside from hoping that you win an extra $20 or on a $20 lottery ticket, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just and- crazy how – Gambling can just force people into this, this fake realm within their minds of, okay, I'm gonna win the big one. You know, mm-hmm. it. I, I I'm pretty anti. 
I, I like I'll, I'll throw money at things for for fun. I, I'm pretty pro stock market, but anything else, I'm kind of like iffy on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not a big lottery guy. Not a big casino guy, especially after I went to the casino for the first time with Allie for her 21st, and I lost. Forty dollars, <laughs> and I was see, like, and nope, that's just forty dollars. Never, never doing this lot again. <laughs> see, and that's just forty dollars, and that's what's crazy is, uh, my one roommate's, uh, the guy that was up this weekend, he said he's lost in the past year and a half. He's lost ten thousand dollars. Oh my god, going to the casino, and he makes a lot of money. But just think what you could do with that ten thousand dollars, and he go, and it's, he's like one of those people. He just wants to go in there. He doesn't want. As weird as it sounds, he doesn't want to leave with money. And, and when I say that, I know that sounds like super screwed up. But if you think about it, he wants to go in there and he wants to play $10, $15 hands at Blackjack or at uh, at Hold'em. And then he'll go over to Blackjack and Roulette and play a little bit. But he kind of views that as the experience. And he's waiting. He's quote unquote waiting for his night where he just keeps doubling his money. Because eventually, obviously, the odds are not in your favor. So you can go to you can go to uh, blackjack or you can go just a simple example with roulette. You can go in there and say black every time, and you could get twenty right in a row and keep doubling your money to where it's a uh, hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, eight hundred, all the way up to like sixteen thousand dollars. But that one time that you say sixteen thousand dollars on a red and it's black, all the that great streak that you had, those great odds were all for nothing because it's gone. And that's where people get, that's like you said, Spike, like that mentality to where the worst thing you can do is win yep. because you feel like you're, you just feel like you keep winning. You feel like you need to, you're like, you don't want to waste your luck because you never had luck this good. And that eventually will all like sizzle out and that you'll end up either breaking even or losing money. And that's, that's kind of the sad thing is if, if you think about it, I'm not saying, I'm not saying your friend has a mental illness. No, but that's it, where the, yeah. that, that's where the that's where the mental illness kind of comes in is that the the fun part isn't even winning it's the experience yep. so so what you were saying with he doesn't want to leave with any money what you're saying is and if you really take it down to its root is he doesn't want to leave with any money because he doesn't get off of winning money he gets off because of just the experience and that's that's where the sickness lies is mm -hmm. that winning isn't enough it's the thrill mm -hmm. of of risking it all and it, yep. and, that's, and that's when it ruins so many lives. Yeah, it, it's and even like getting a little deeper. Like, would you rather like the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl was the number one most bet day, and there's people, there's tons of people that go into the casino on the Super Bowl. They want to watch, um, or go into the sports book. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen like the sports betting area in like AC or Las Vegas. Like I've only seen them on like TV and stuff, but those places would be awesome. Like you think like Champs is cool to go in and watch a game? They have 500 screens they have all oh, the yeah. all the tickers going like that'd be a super cool experience but you get people going in there just to watch the game and while they're there why wouldn't they throw a hundred dollars on the patriots or like the super bowl people just want to feel invested yeah so that's it's why almost peer pressure like too it is because mm -hmm. you look you look around you and you see other people doing it and you're like okay yeah i'm gonna mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna throw 20 dollars on the patriots beating the browns mm -hmm. yeah and you it's know? definitely it's definitely infectious because like you can, like like we said in our, our example earlier, Hayden, we had that idea of a bet and then we both did it, you know, and, and that because and the reason I did it not to say that because I had no clue about the UFC. I had no idea if they were going to touch gloves or not. And and you were like, yeah, it's probably going to happen. I could see it happening. They, they touched him before or Aldo and him touched gloves before. And it's the idea of feeling left out to where if if Hayden and I are talking about this and they touch gloves and Hayden wins $600 off of 50, I'm going to be like, damn, why didn't I do that? Where realistically, they want you to think like that because they want to just take your money. When there's yep. good odds, when there's good odds for you, there's better odds for them. And that that's kind of the bottom line. And I'll, I'll end the episode with this. My roommate, Peps, he is a financial advisor and the one thing he says about the stock market, but in general, um, about like investments and everything is investing is very boring and it's not meant to be exciting. So you kind of just want to let someone do it, do it yourself, set it and forget it. 
And that's how you're going to make the most money because the more time that you spend trying to like understand this and, and you keep throwing money left and right, all you're doing is like messing up all, all the, all the stuff. Like the, the best way to do any of that is to just be boring, just throw it in something safe yep. and not volatile. But the idea of making it big, the idea of, of this bursting, and then you see articles on the Motley Fool or something like the same guy that predicted the 2008 stock market crash says this one stock will make you tons of money or this stock will be like Apple or Netflix whenever they were three, four or five dollar stocks. This is the one and people bite. It's the fake yep. news. The idea that you're going to be left out, the idea that you have so much the risk reward, your ceiling so high that people just want to do it. And that is dangerous. That's sick. Yep, I agree. <laughs> so if you guys are good to wrap it up, we're going to call this one. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, hit us up on all our social media platforms at Vacant House PC. Uh, hit us with any ideas, comments, conversations, whatever you want. And definitely tune in for next time. And keep your thoughts alive. That was a really good ending. <laughs> you forced that one, didn't you? <laughs> and uh, and keep uh, your thoughts alive. <laughs>